Welcome to the Hey Pastor Podcast, the show where two firefighters, one who is also an author and the other is a pastor, tackle the hard questions Christians have while answering them in a scripturally sound way that actually makes sense. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Hey Pastor with your hosts, author Jason Sautel and pastor Joshua Putnam. You know, I wanted to start today's show a little different. I know we had an introduction there when you got to hear that really cool music, but I want to start off with welcome to the Hey Pastor podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'll get all the official stuff. That out sounds of official. Let's do that. <laughs> Joshua, how are you doing today, man? It's so cool to be here with you. I'm frustrated today. Uh, the Lord had to do a little work in my heart. I, I so last last episode we talked a little bit about my YouTube channel. So I kind of mm. keep a finger on the pulse of YouTube. And uh, I'm watching people pass me up and and continue to grow. I see a trend on YouTube that bothers me. And I, I had to spend a little time last night just asking the Lord to forgive me because some of my frustration, I think in some ways probably turned to jealousy because here's mm-hmm. the thing. Here's how I know that. I am tempted to follow the trend, even though I know that I should not. Here's the trend. Mm-hmm. All right. This is not what our topic is about today, but you asked me. No, go. I want to hear this. I'm Let's go. Spill. So here's the trend. So you guys who listen, here's the answer. Quit doing it. Quit watching the stuff, right? <laughs> but uh, here's the thing is I see a lot of a lot of Christian YouTubers growing fast on YouTube. And the way they're doing it is pointing out bad things that are happening at other churches. Right. And so I get it because those are pretty public churches and so they're public things. But for me... And, <sighs> And I hate to I hate to to kind of put people down that are doing that. I don't mean it to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. But if I have a if I have a responsibility, if I have people who are looking at that within my flock and they're saying, "Hey, pastor, mm-hmm. how should I think about this?" Right. And that's one thing. But for me to just start calling out churches that I don't know what it's about all the way, I don't have all the details. It mm-hmm. doesn't impact me. Uh, and it's bothering me that I'm seeing this happening on YouTube and then what's happening is those videos blow up because right. people want that dirt. And oh no, they do. I, and it, it happens. bothers me. Yeah. It happens in the world of podcasting too. And I love that we're going to go over this with a bunch of other topics too, is it happens in the world of podcasting is perhaps a, you know, God reveals a sinful church that has grown up and now it's starting to collapse rightfully so because it was built on sand as opposed to the foundation of Christ and growing up from there. But what will happen is a podcast will get out there and create multiple episodes just based on the failures of the people yeah. in that church and everything. Yeah. And, and the popularity explodes. So what I like people to do And what I encourage them to do from the public platform I've been blessed with is I say, by all means, take a look into that church. But is that your local church? Is that where your effort should be? Is that where I learn from that? Learn from it and and, and don't speak about it, but let it drive your emotions in what you could be doing better. So let's just take fancy church out there and I'm just throwing a state out North Carolina or whatever. And I don't like the way 
that it's all about evangelism, 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 evangelism. That's where they're drawn as opposed to exposing the word of God and grounding their people in the word of God. And so I do shows based off of what I don't like from that church. Dude, it's going to explode and get yeah. big because Jason's it's calling so out. tempting though, isn't it? Right. I think that's where I had to repent because I was, I was almost jealous. Like mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I could have this if I just, but, but I just had to realize, uh, you know, be reminded again, that's not what, that's not what I want to be known for. Now I'll say this, I, I have a couple videos in the, in the hopper that I'm probably going to work on in the next couple mm-hmm. of days that are calling out a couple of things, but not calling out, but uh, things like. How should we respond to right. Will Smith, Chris, what's his name? Chris Rock. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> right. But, right. you know, because it's a very public thing and I'm not going to call them out necessarily. I'm not, that's not what it's about. How should we as Christians process that? No, well, because that's, you know, that's I think pop that's culture. a little different. Yes. Right. right. We're responding so to pop culture. And what, what I go about, and again, this is such a cool um, thing that we're talking about because it's going to segue into some other topics we want to go is Let's keep it real. That was one slap out of probably thousands that happened that day. It just happened to be done publicly. Yep. So therefore, what does it show? It shows broken man, broken right. ways of responding to broken systems. We could talk about Hollywood all day and all night, and the people there and the way that he responds. But guess what? I know that there's brokenness in my local community, in my local neighborhood. And if I let that drive what I'm going to teach, preach, and do next. Come on now. Yes, I will become famous over it, but are we really looking for the fame and fortune? So what I wanted to hit with you then is, so it sounds to me like something you truly can't see or feel. (laughs) The Holy Spirit (laughs) has been speaking to you, right? I mean, you know, God's been talking to you. So, so Joshua, this is something I want to hit with you as a pastor of a strong, biblically strong, sound church. A lot of times people may not approach you with some questions that they have just because not that they're scared mm. of your reaction. Maybe they feel dumb if they will. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Sometimes yeah, or they don't want to take my time. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah, just whatever yeah. reasons. So I'll, there's mm-hmm. a multitude of reasons. But what if someone was to come up to you and maybe you spoke into that, that, hey, I felt God talking to me and I want to be clear, not direct revelation, you know, type talking. But they say, how do I know that God really is there? And how do I tell people about our mighty God when they can't see him or feel them? Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe certain times some, a f- person who's been walking in faith struggles with that, you know, of like, well, how do I know God is really there? Because they are just kind of struggling. Let's go over that. How, how do you know that God is there when we can't see him? Well, that's a great question. I'll say this. I actually was asked that question not too long ago. And, uh, so, so I guess this would be kind of the answer to that. Um, that's a hard question. I've really mm-hmm. been, been pondering that. In some ways, that's a hard question. Here's here's why I think it's hard, sort of, in a way. Now, you talked about even believers who might be kind of losing faith because of hard things that are going on. But if we have po- proper biblical perspective, it's hard mm-hmm. for us as Christians, uh, especially if we're really grounded, it's hard for us to imagine thinking that way. So it's right. hard to, in some ways, I think it's hard to answer that. I agree. But yeah, I, I, well, real quick, I was going to throw in there because the way I look at it is 
I come from a, a gifts of experiencing things in my life as a mm-hmm. non-Christian and as right. a Christian. So when I read the text, it's not that my testimony is backing up the text. Right. It's like, oh, this is why this happened. And I can feel it. And, and it's real. Yeah. Not that I'm expositing out of the text to explain right. to people. So right. I come from a point where I tell people a lot of stuff from testimony, then back my testimony up with the scripture. Sure. And one thing I've seen is perhaps someone, I truly in my heart of hearts feel you can't lose something God's given to you. If you have right. true faith in in him and you're following him, you're growing in him, man, the assurance is there, we're good to go. But I do understand like what you're saying. A lot of times Christians don't have that biblical foundation and they struggle with that. And mm-hmm. so we got to bring them back to how, let me show you through the Bible, how God reveals himself to us. Yeah, so let's do this. I think you hit on something really good because my past is so different. I grew up in a Christian home, uh, and so I didn't. I don't have that frame of reference that you mm-hmm. do. So let's do this, and maybe this will help people. Why don't we use both of those things as we walk through this conversation? Is we'll we'll see what the Bible says, and then we can fall back on some of your because we know ex- experience. You said it well. We don't interpret the Bible through our own experience, but mm-hmm. we can we can understand our experience through the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah. What what I call it is I put on my scriptural goggles when I look yes. back into my past. You know, and then I'm, stuff I'm reading my starts Bible. To yeah. make sense, right? It starts it's it's that clarity that I'm always telling yeah. people that of many things, obviously salvation, eternal salvation being number one <laughs> of right. the ands that came with it is clarity. Right. And clarity can only be found when I'm in my Bible and learning from it, then I look back into life and say, aha, okay, here's God's hand in it. Cause we always hear where God has his hand, like Jason, God had his hand on you. You know, right. Jesus was there with you. I'm like, uh, yes, but can we go a little deeper on what it right. means? And so when I go into yeah. my Bible, I'm like my goodness, this is why that person hurt me so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, because sinful nature, brokenness, all this stuff and, and the pressures on them. But then I go back to my Bible and say, but what does God want me to learn from that situation? How can I grow more into the likeness of his son from that situation? You know what I right. mean? And, and that's right. where, where I find it. So good stuff. So so what are your takes on it? If someone was to, at the most basic level, say, Pastor Joshua, h- how do I know God is real? How do I know well, Jesus is real? Yeah, I think the, so the, the struggle that they have is that they can't see him. At least they say that, right? Well, I can't, I can't see God, so how do I believe it? So there's a lot of ways to go about that, but let me just say this first of all. Seeing is not believing, right? Mm. Seeing is not believing. We're called to, to repent and believe. Seeing is not believing. Paul says in Romans, hope that is seen is no longer hope. And I actually use that passage at graveside services all the time as the celebration for non-believer. They're no mm. longer walking in faith. They're no longer walking in hope. They're seeing face to face who Jesus is. That's not faith anymore. They don't have to believe, right? Right, because they can, they can, they can see it. They can touch it. They can feel it. Mm-hmm. So we're not meant to see in that way. We're meant to believe. We are told to repent and believe. If we go to Hebrews eleven one. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And then he says, the conviction of things not seen. 
Okay. There is, there is, God is, God is calling on us to trust things we cannot see. Let's dig up some, some dirt here. Let's, let's think Mm -hmm. about this. There's a lot of things in life we are called to have faith on. You were probably taught in school to believe evolution. Mm -hmm. You can't see evolution. You're that's right. You got to accept that by faith. Right. There's a lot of things we can't see that we accept by faith. Let's get real simple, maybe even a little cliche with this. Mm-hmm. How do you know there's wind? Can you mm-hmm. see wind, Jason? No, I see its effects. You see its effects. You see its power. So maybe now we're starting to get to the answer of how people can believe what they cannot see. Right. Because how and do they it, see the effects of God? And, and to kind of go with that, this is where I'm going to fall back into testimony. Mm. If someone was to ask me, why do you believe the first thing I'm going <laughs> to do if they're a non-believer, because their eyes aren't open to the Holy scriptures like mine are, I am going to start off by saying, because I was right where you were, I yeah. did not believe. And then once I started, because I'm an investigator as a firefighter paramedic, my job is to dig deeper, see where it is, see things going on, just not take things at the the top of what is said to me right away or what I see, I need to dig deeper. And once I started digging deeper and all the struggles I was having were being explained to me by what I thought was a book how could this book <laughs> be explaining all of these truths of my life, right? And so, so I start there like, and, and I'm not trying to okie doke anyone or go above or uh, scripture, but I'm trying to tell them my truth of why, where I was when I was mm-hmm. like them and that my eyes started becoming open to the truth. Right. And then when I start falling back in, you know, like into two Corinthians, which we'll talk about later and stuff, uh, especially starting around verse four, four about when my eyes were open to the truth and it all started to make sense. I then pray that it's going to have that same effect on them while obviously walking alongside them as they ask these questions. Okay. So you hit on something that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Why you said I had these experiences, these things that happened in my life. And I went back to, when I was reading scripture, I realized that scripture was talking about those things in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and you said, well, I don't want to sound weird or whatever. You're not weird. Right. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper right. than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once heard a, it's a true story about a, a, a preacher. I think he was a preacher, but anyway, this, this man, old wise man, and he, he had been witnessing to somebody giving him scripture and, and the guy didn't believe. He said, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in the Bible. And so the next time he went back and, and he, he witnessed and he gave Bible verses and the guy said, I don't believe the Bible. And he was telling this in church, asking for people to pray for this man. And somebody asked him, well, what are you going to do now if you've gone two or three times and given him the Bible and, and, uh, and the, he doesn't believe the Bible? Mm-hmm. He said, well, I'm going to give the Bible. And he says, well, why? Well, if that's not working, he said, what else would I do? 
The, the word of God is living and active. The, the word of God is the only thing that can pierce to the heart right. and reveal those things. Right. Uh, so really, if, if they say to us, I don't believe, we have one weapon, and it's a pretty powerful one. Just keep using that weapon. Keep using the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was Spurgeon who said one time he was preaching and he said if I had a tiger up here in the cage I have two ways to prove its power to you. I can either try to explain to you the power of a tiger or I can open the cage and let it out. <laughs> wow. So That's what, a great what would we example. do? Let's open the cage and let it out. Right. Right. And and to go back again on uh, I forgot where I heard it but it was in a sermon where someone broke it down to even the basics, which I had been a believer for many years at this time, was you see a chair across the room. Do you have faith in it that it's going to hold you up until you sit down right, in it, right? Meaning, right. I know that chair should hold me, but maybe some jokester came and pulled all the, the pins out of it and screws out of it, and then all of a sudden you sit right. it, and that chair collapses, and now you're, you're sitting on the you're ground jaded with a broken the fire back. department, Jason. You're <laughs> jaded. That's, right. that's exactly what would happen in the fire department. Right. Exactly. And so until I sit in that chair, I have no faith in it. You know what I mean? And and so where I'm going to go with that is to not sound like I don't have faith in God until he proves himself to me. What I'm going to go on is he proved himself to me when I didn't even ask him to. Okay. And this is where it was when I was in the darkest places of my life, I tried to find happiness I tried to light up my life with new houses, new cars, dating girls, going, hanging out at the Mm -hmm. clubs, doing all this stuff. The world and the other young guys in the fire department said would make me feel better. And guess what? I got worse and worse and worse because those guys were preaching to me the ways of this world. Yeah. The ways of this world is what was crushing me. And then when Mm -hmm. I piled on more of that to try to make myself feel better, I ended up in an even darker place. So the day I finally had the waha moment and wow, (laughs) Jesus is real. The Bible's real. Everything's going to real. Every part of it is real from front to back and everything. I finally found true comfort. Was I still struggling in certain areas of my life? Yes, mm-hmm. but then the Bible said, "Jason, you're going to continue struggling until the day you were called Great home and I, or I return." <laughs> right. So, so, so I had that, but the the emptiness, that void inside of me, was immediately filled, and 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 all of a sudden something changed within me. And I'm not saying I automatically came like in a super bright place immediately, right? But looking back upon it now which is kind of like an assurance of faith thing and seeing Mm -hmm. my growth in where I was when I was an atheist and dying to where I'm at now and the light that I now live in, I'm telling you right there, God proved himself to me with not, and I never once said, God, prove yourself to me. He just did. And then it was all backed up through all parts of the Bible. Does that make sense, Joshua? Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, again, we're not, we're not defining the Bible by your experience. We're right. defining your experience by the Bible. So Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and it is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. We always talk about that and we say, okay, God gave me the gift of salvation. Yes, he did. But that's not what Paul is saying. He says, yeah, I, I gave you 
um, I, I gave you the gift of salvation, but he said, I actually gave you the gift of faith. Think about mm. that. He's when you say, well, I, you know, I didn't believe I didn't believe, but when right. I started reading, I started seeing it. God in that moment, we can do nothing. We're dead in Christ. Right. Okay? We have to even have God give us faith. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, well, I don't believe in a God I can't see, we should not be surprised. Mm-hmm. God hasn't given them faith yet. God right. has to give them the faith. And in that, what you said is, again, we're not, we're not saying, well, we're understanding this verse because of Jason's life. We're understanding Jason's life because this verse said, God was giving you the faith to believe. Right. Right. And that's what, what I love about having strong leaders in my life, biblical leaders, you, including the ones in my local church, everything else, is because you can break it down. Even clear. You can expose it, exposit it, pull it out for me and show it, right? And, and so can the other churches. That being said, I am going to do something here, which we're not supposed to do, is call out other churches. No, I'm just joking. But we're... <laughs> What I see happens this though, podcast a lot of, will go through the roof now. Oh yeah, no. But where <laughs> I see a lot of struggles come from, especially with people bringing me questions daily, and you know how many questions I get daily and mm-hmm. ask, and that's why we form some of these these episodes is based yeah. on that. Is people have been preached so long that the non-believers, are like, hey, just ask it, and he'll give it to you. Just ask it, and he'll give it to you. And ask it, and he'll give it to you. And it's been preached so much. Oh, it's like Jesus. The way I explain it is. Their preaching is as if Jesus is this lifeboat, a life raft, and 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 he's throwing out the ring to everyone and pulling them in. And when you fall out of the boat again, he's going to throw the ring out, pull you back in, and keep doing that. And the process goes over and over. And I say, stop. Here's how it works. I was dead at the bottom of the ocean. Dead. Mm-hmm. The weight of the ocean was just the immense pressure as I was down at the bottom was crushing me. Yep. And I was dead. Jesus dove down, mm-hmm. brought me up, breathed life into me, and I became new eternally. Okay, that, let's can we let's stop wait, there. Hold on. Yeah. I'm not trying to get mm-hmm. too deeply theological, but what you just said is true. What did you do in all of that? I obediently accepted it and but 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 here's the thing. Wait. Did you even I mean you did, but Right. It, you didn't. It you didn't even have the ability to say no because you, you were dead. Right? I was dead. I I, I was <laughs> dead, and and he made me new. And then the proof of how all of a sudden I can look back into my dead life and see my new life yeah. backed up by scripture. God's real, bro. And that's when, like so when funny. you walked into a house to give CPR to some poor right. poor person. Did they tell you? Mm, nah, I don't. Right. I don't need this. I'm good. Right. They didn't have anything to do with it. They were dead unless somebody from the outside stepped in. That's what Christ did for us. I just want people to understand how how lost we were. That's why I interrupted you. Because what you're saying is completely right. Christ did, he dove to the end, to the bottom. Colossians says he he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He literally he he didn't just give us salvation. He went behind enemy lines to pull us out. Right. Well, we're we're dead. Right, right. And where I was going with that is I hear too often that people are preaching like Jesus is going to do this and he's doing this. And then and, and these preachers out there are given all these false promises to people <laughs> as opposed to telling them what the true gospel message is that you were dead to sin, dead to sin. 
Right? I want to be clear. That, that wasn't were... a disease. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't a sickness. It wasn't right. any of those things. Right. And so, but but what they've I've not, seen. And, from and my just point, to clarify, yeah. I know what you meant. I think you just misspoke. Not yeah. dead to sin. Dead in sin. In sin. I'm sorry. Dead yeah. in sin. Yeah, yeah is dead I, in sin. Sorry, my my passionate theology would be off a little bit. There. It would be way off. But then again, <laughs> this is why some go to seminary and some stay stupid firemen their whole life. But we partner together so we can get the clear messages out there, right, Pastor? Or maybe that's just. <laughs> What you just misspoke. I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I knew I knew what I was saying. And most people, no, I'm just joking. But what I'm getting as you can hear my passion in this comes out because so many people want to ask, is God real? Because sometimes I believe mm. they've been given the false gospel. And that's the right. truth, brother. Yeah, I think, yeah. So so maybe part of it is, and I don't want to dig terribly deep into this, but when we talk about Part of it is easy believism, and maybe they're not even really saved, but the other side is if we're not clarifying as we witness to them and we're not clarifying what the Christian life looks like, that could be for those believers. Now now we're kind of right. shifting our conversation, right? Not to the unbeliever right. who says they can't believe what they can't see, but to the even the one who has made a profession of faith and is now saying, where is God in all of this? I have no idea. Mm-hmm you know, where I'm going. I mean, in our church, we have some pretty significant things going on, mm-hmm. um, you know, health-wise. We have several people that, that are in some pretty grave situations with mm-hmm. cancer and, and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't understand biblically what that is, it's easy to, those families especially, it's easy to sit there and say, where is God in all of right. this, right? right. I, I thought this was going to be one thing and now it's another. Mm-hmm. Now let's flip that. And I want to be real careful because as those people listen, I'm not trying to capitalize on their pain for, for, for if, if that's what we would say. But oh, of course, my, no, I, I my theology tells me that God tests us. So now I, I think about their life. Mm-hmm. I think about the, even just the, the struggles that we're walking through with them as a church, as we bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. And I think, ooh, this is not easy. This is not fun. But what does God have on the other side of that of this mm-hmm. for them, for our church, whatever it is, as he tests us through this? Right. And and you you nailed it with you weren't being cliche earlier, but about, you know, the wind. How do you know the wind's there? You can feel it. And I, I think the response a lot of times that people have in those struggles, especially the the faithful, is they they can feel God, the the wind hitting their face. And so then they faithfully work their way through those struggles Mm -hmm. in a way that is also going to help them become more faithful. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I honestly believe that because in our household right now, my mother-in-law has stage four cancer and it's, it's been a struggle. And please hear me when I say this on what a blessing it's been. And I know Mm. when people go, wait, hold on. Well, but the Bible says that, right? Count it all joy when you fall into different trials, right? So while we're going through this trial, it's a personal growth thing, and there's there's been a little guilt initially, like wow, I'm personally growing from this. But then I look at the Bible and say, no, God wants me to personally grow from this. Mm-hmm. It's made me a better husband. It really has, because what I've been trying to do is free up as much as of as much as my wife's time as I can, because. 
I want Christy to have that time with her mom because Christy's a nurse. That's her do mom. We, they, do I, yeah. do we need to talk to Christy and verify that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did, I did the laundry. I just didn't fold it. Come on now. Take it down. Are we going to get nasty comments on this yeah. podcast from your wife? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I ordered food just cause I didn't cook it. I ordered it in. Okay. No, but seriously, what, what I love. About I couldn't pass that, up the opportunity. Oh, I know. No, it's okay, man. I need that because usually you're the one going heartfelt and I'm just sitting over here making fun of you. So no, I love it. But but what I'm getting from of that to go off of what you were talking about is faithfully I'm growing mm-hmm. because I know that that's what God wants. So people could sit there and say, give us another example that you know God is real. Well, I already have. Yeah. Now I'm showing you he's real because me as a realist and a skeptic, I would mm-hmm. not follow anything that's not real. You know? So it's just something I like to throw out there to people. So let's dial this back now. Let's go back Mm -hmm. to the original question as far as how do people believe something they cannot see? And we, we referred to this a little bit. Um, and, and so I'm leading you here, hoping for the right answer because I here's the answer (laughs) that I would give reading your book, book plug, right? (laughs) What was it that ultimately what did the Lord use in your life the first time you were shocked? I mean, you even went and bought a Bible because of this. What mm-hmm. was that? You know, it it was when Christy looked at me and asked me if I believed in Jesus and I didn't have an answer for her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have an answer because I was at mm-hmm. a point in my life where I believed Jesus wasn't real. Now I'm, I was sliding over to the spectrum of, I don't know anymore, which was a good thing. Cause I went from right. being pushing against him to hold mm-hmm. on a second. I want to now start growing more in him. And number two, because I loved the love I saw shining out of Christy. Ah, there it is. Yeah. I you, was being you drawn let to me it. down. You gave me the yeah. answer I wanted. Yeah, but I had to give it to you, Jason, Jason Longform, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, that's I wanted, fine. That's, I wanted it was more, a person, though, right? Right. I mean, I really, more God what she had. Her. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. So let's flip side that, because this is on my mind right now, because I just got a text from another pastor friend of mine who said he was looking for our podcast. And 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 uh, so, by the way, we are on a new podcast platform because of this. He texts me. He's like, hey, I can't find you on Podcast Addict which is, I hadn't heard of that, but he said, hey, yeah. it's, a, it's really popular. So anyway, we're on there now. So I texted him today, said, hey, we're on uh, we're on Podcast Addict. He subscribed, mm-hmm. by the way, so welcome. And cool. uh, he said, oh, by the way, I read Jason's book, and I got really mad when I read about the church that pushed him away. <laughs> so my point of that is, <laughs> your point, everybody I talk to says that. Everyone so, does. But, you know, that's, but here's, I think I'm going to start book number two, Experience going deeper into that and what I learned from it. Cause there's a lot of angry people about well, that angry at the church, not angry at me. They're glad I exposed it, but here's what I told him. Maybe we're giving away some secrets. So you got to talk to me about my life. And just mm-hmm. so people know later, at some point here, I'm going to get to talk to Jason about, well, his life, but his book. Right. And, uh, because I have a lot of questions and that's one of the mm-hmm. things we're going to dive into. So yeah. I know, and I told him that I said, Hey, we're going to dive into that. And that'll give you an opportunity to, to talk through that. So anyway, mm-hmm. my point being in all of that is this, mm-hmm. um, there's two different sides. There is a side who they were not loving. They, mm-hmm. they did not. And now again, let's, let's give the benefit of the doubt, but either way, they, they told you, no, 
mm-hmm. couldn't even come into the church. Right. And, and they pushed you away. The other mm-hmm. side is is a girl who just said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to love you no matter what." Mm-hmm. That's the love. That that that's what the Lord right. used. So so let's go to Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. How are they going to see a God they cannot see? Right. They're going to see it through you. How did you right. see a God you couldn't see, Jason? Right. It was it was an initial. I didn't know what I was seeing. No, but I knew it was good. I knew right. It was good. And 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 just to give the listeners clarity, when I first met Christy, I was a train wreck of a guy, and there there were lots of chances I could date and do things, and I did. I took took a lot of went on a lot of dates, but there was something so different about mm-hmm. her. Because it wasn't like she just wanted to hang out. Everyone that she approached, she approached them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that again, being the light shining out of her that started the draw. So let's go back to our first podcast mm-hmm. when we talked about engaging the culture. Right here is exactly mm-hmm. why we do it. We do it that way and we do it the right way very carefully because we want the world to see the love of God through us. Right. Even if you keep going in Matthew chapter five, if you go to the end of that, verse 43 tells us that we need to love, you know, Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. I said, love your enemy. Well, that's hard. Do we really understand what that means to love our enemy? But we're mm-hmm. told to love our enemy. And and then he, he says, you know, if you love somebody who loves you, what what good is that? Or what thanks is that? The world even does that. The world right. loves a person that loves them back, but the world does not love an enemy. So if we want to show them a God that they can't believe in, do what God did for us and love an enemy. We talked about that in, in, in a, a few episodes ago, Romans 5 eight. God commendeth or he demonstrated his love to us while we were still sinners, while we were mm-hmm. still his enemy. He died for us. Right. So give your life for them. Give your life to them. Just sacrificially live the love of God to those people who cannot see, say, I I don't believe because I can't see. Well, let them see God through you. Now, here's a pet peeve. Here's a pet peeve. So I see this all the time. You might be the only sermon anybody ever sees. Okay, here's why this is a pet peeve. It's true, because I just said, let your your love. But, but, can I truly witness if i don't use words jason <laughs> can i truly share the love of god with a neighbor or someone it's an opening in my opinion that's an opening and it shows your faith so it shows your belief in the faith that you're getting ready to proclaim yes. with your words how can they hear without a right preacher and please know guys and yeah, i think you know this i know jason knows this this is not preachers like me like a pastor how can mm-hmm. you, they hear without a person speaking right. the words to them that's what it means right. that means no, you no, let me stop that means me let me stop you right there now i'm not adding words to the bible or anything but hear me out as a question how could they hear you if you weren't acting the way the Bible says you should act, see that they that's won't why we hear you. Yeah. Right. So there, there, gotta there's have both. the, there you go. You always hear me talking about balance. So therefore preach the gospel in your actions, meaning you believe it, that you faithfully act the way that you should, because you believe it. Then 
that will get people to also trust you because mm-hmm. you have belief in what you're going to now preach to them. So if you look at Matthew 5, not only are we to be light, but what else are we to be, Jason? <laughs> we're supposed to be the salt, right? Salt, yeah. What does salt what do? Or the light? Yeah, What's salt that? and light. You were right. Um, yeah, salt and light. So what does salt you know, do? Salt, right, salt it gives a flavor, brings out the flavor. It gives right? flavor, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, why can we only, not, why can we not just eat one Lay's? It's not because it's a, a <laughs> potato. <laughs> it's because right. of the salt on there. Right. So when we talk about being salt and light, we just, that's it. We got to be that flavoring, that, that taste. They, you kept, kept coming back to Christy because you wanted more. You didn't know what you even wanted really. Right. You didn't know where that was coming from that love. You just knew you wanted it. And that's not, you're not unusual in that situation. That happens all the time. Right. And you know, um, I'm not going to read all of two Corinthians four, but I'm going to go down to verse six and you can expose it. You can pull it all out there, but I'm just going to interject this in there. Is in verse so you're six. just dropping verses and leaving the work to me is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, totally. It's what I do. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know when <laughs> I put I the fire. I'm on this well, podcast with you. Yeah, I put the fire on the new kids go and do all the overhaul and the hard work, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in verse six here, uh, uh, Paul says, "For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ." Wow. I mean, that, that, that just, it, it, it's just adds to, it doesn't wrap up anything you've been saying, right. but, but the truth is in my heart, right? The, the truth I've been yeah. given. So when people say, why do you believe in something you can't see? Well, I've been clear the whole way through it. Now through my actions, I'm letting the truth shine out of my heart right. by loving on people because in the way the Bible says they need our love. Because the and you didn't believe until the light shined into your heart to reveal that truth. Right, brought me alive and gave me the truth, and then the Bible backed up that truth. So I'd keep beating the dead horse. Wow, that's kind of a weird one to throw out there. Um, But beating the dead horse because I'm now alive, and there's the truth. There's the wind blasting me in the face. There's everything showing me that, that God is real. So ultimately, what I'm hearing as we converse about this is that we're probably not going to debate somebody I, I don't I, I don't even mean argue right but just if we if we try to convince somebody that God is real I, that's not going to happen that's right. and that's but thankfully that's not what we've been asked to do is not right. to convince them we've and, been and asked the, to, okay, just sh- to, to let God's word do its work Paul says right. I'm not ashamed of the gospel right. how will they hear without a preacher right give them the gospel mm-hmm. I I agree and what I kind of the struggle that comes from that sometimes and why we got to fall back into this is because again, we're getting the pushback from the world on us wanting to see that miracle, right? They prove to me, God proved to me, God is real. Well, I got to remind myself, I am talking to someone who does not understand all this, but the struggle we also have, I do believe is because again, of the false gospel that's been preached out there so much that miracles are going to be shown and all this. Well, what I do say is I'm not going to give you the miracles I've seen on the fire ground. You've heard me say that before. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to give you the miracles I witnessed. I know for a fact came from God himself as I was doing his work, you know, but what I try to do is say, I want you to look at the miracle of me. 
and just take a yeah. look at my life and what yes. he did for me. Not that I'm the miracle, yes. but he, the miracle of him pulling me out there. There's the miracles I want people to read see. your book and look at your life now. Right. Or just right. get to know you. I mean, that, that seems like a shameless plug for your book. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I really don't. Your, your book, no, no. that's what I loved about it is right. it, it really described that. Here's something. Go lead somebody to Christ and watch the change. Right. I mean, right. I, I, I get the privilege of that. He's going to listen to this. He, he's listening to this podcast. Right. And, and the, the change, like it... Sometimes it's literally, it's been, I think, three years, 2019. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get a text in the middle of the day. I'm studying and I get a text from him and it's nothing that should be major, but it literally makes me stop and start crying because I, again, I'm just overwhelmed with the change. You can't tell me there's no God because there's no way those changes would have happened in you and him and me and any other mm -hmm. person to go from spiritually so dead. So you, you, you were working alive. with someone, right? And then you, you were helping lead them to the Lord and showing them the truth. And now you're watching his growth. And that's what you're saying by getting the text from him and seeing. Yes. Yes. And we so can long. go, yeah. we can go back to this and, and I'll say this, um, because I, in, here we go, but I invited him to church mm -hmm. years ago, and he told me, no, mm -hmm. he didn't want anything to do with that. Okay, right. So why would I invite him to church? Why would I think anybody wants to come to church? But that's kind of the same thing. Now, he, he didn't say, well, I don't believe in a God I can't see, but right. anybody who, it doesn't matter. If you don't believe in God, you don't, I, I'm going to make a point in a little bit that I think this is just an excuse when somebody says, I don't believe in a God I can't see. It's only an excuse, and I'll prove it biblically in a minute. But um, he didn't want anything to do with God, mm -hmm. but what did I do? And, and it was God's grace. I want, I want, it I was. want you to hear that for sure. This was not me when I say, what did I do? Mm -hmm. But by God's grace and his conviction on my heart, I didn't give up on, right. on him. Right. And I just kept loving him. And eventually God used that in his life. And God is right. the one doing all the work. I was just asked to right be there to witness well that's why when people ask me any anything i always try to tell them i love the love that god gave me so much I mean i love god because god is love right the true love i love Ooh, that's it. that's profound god is oh love. you like that yeah you i'm yeah, going deep here man i'm going coffee cup theology right now okay but i love what he, i love him so much that I just obediently want to serve him. Not, not because I'm, I, yes, I am commanded. Hear me on this. Sure. But I love following his commandments. Does that make sense? Right. And so, because giving, and so therefore I'm obedient and I get to walk alongside people and I get to profess and I get to be there for the struggles, the everything. And it's awesome. And what last thing I'm going to interject from a practical wise on this before you go into your final thoughts and, and proving to us through scripture that God is real. <laughs> Have fun with that one, pal. I'm going to step aside for that. But I think of it like this, because you're talking about the growth in someone that you saw become new. Well, growth, how do we even know growth is real? Well, I have children, okay? Christy and I were given some amazing children, and I have watched them grow from infants into teenagers. And the changes are, wow. So therefore, the mm -hmm. theory of growth has been proven yep. to me through my own children. Therefore, the same thing that you're talking about with this gentleman and his growth that you witnessed, it is true. The quote, assurances of faith, the fruits, all this mm -hmm. stuff that we see in the Bible, we now see them 
because once again, through his word, God proved to us everything in our Bibles is real because we yes. have now witnessed people, adults grow and children grow. There's your yep. proof. You know, if you're yep. someone that needs the proof, exactly. there you go. Exactly. So you mentioned earlier, you needed, or, or people who say they, they want this miracle, right? Mm. They want a miracle. And you said, well, I'm the miracle. And you're right. You are. And, and I am. Every every Christian is is that proof, is that miracle. I'm just but the bigger take, one, folks. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> take it. So, here, well, in, in that case, would we say what? That if the, the bigger miracle is... That means your life was even more of a wreck. I'm just joking. Hey, I'm me, working on humbleness, this. my friends. Let me say this, okay? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna run down a rabbit trail just for a minute because I used to I used to hate having to give my testimony after people like you mm-hmm. because you can get up and give your testimony and people are like, whoa! Like people will buy a book about your testimony. People are not gonna buy a book about my testimony. Because it's not interesting enough. God didn't, you know, like God didn't change me enough, supposedly, right? Uh, now, again, if, you, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home. I mentioned it earlier, but I grew up in a Christian home. All I've known is, is Christianity. That's not why I'm a Christian. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my life did not change as drastically as yours did. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't go through all those things. I got up one time and I started to give my testimony to when I was a youth pastor and I was giving my testimony to the teens. And I said, guys, I want you to know that God saved me. Um, God has saved me from, um, from attempted suicide. God has saved me from drugs. God has saved me from drinking. God has saved me from all these things. And their eyes are getting big. And I said, you mm-hmm. know, he saved me from that before I ever had to walk through that. Mm-hmm. So my testimony is no, my testimony is no worse than your, no, no better or worse than yours, mm-hmm. right? To your point, I, I know you were making a joke, but yeah, but we're all just dead, and and by God's right. grace, He saw fit to save me before I walked down the road that you walked down, right? But yeah, I and, still and, was saved out of that stuff, right? And to fall back to, and then we'll pull ourselves back out of this rabbit hole, you know, <laughs> that's that that's a reason a lot of times, believe it or not, and it, yes, it was a joke. And yes, as, as people know, I actually sometimes don't like to tell my story. Like if someone says, Hey, Jason, tell your story at a small group or something. I just don't want to sometimes <laughs> because it, it, I feel, I feel the guilt of like, I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to drop an atom bomb and <laughs> everyone else's stories are going to seem insignificant. So what I do then is I tell people, and I'm not being fake, is someone who grew up as a pastor's child or in a missionary house or something like that, I'm like, your stories inspire me because I could not imagine what it must be like as a young child to, to, to live that way. And, and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, as a child, there's a lot more freedom in the way I could live, even though it did the damage. Don't get wrong, it did the damage. <laughs> So therefore, the testimony of those who grew up within the church, it 
touches my soul because it makes me reflect on the struggles that they had to go through that they don't think they had just because mm, they heard mm-hmm. my struggles. I'm right. like, no, man, you're there's, I'm sure there's a lot of struggles you had too. And then yep. I want to go deeper and hear those. And that's where the richness and the testimony comes sure. out for me. So yes, I just joke about it because being a fireman and coming to Christ in West Oakland, you know, I jokingly say in the middle of Sodom Gomorrah is quite the story, <laughs> but it's just one of billions that God has given. You know what yep. I mean? And, 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 and I would say the other side of that is I believe I probably have a little more responsibility in some ways than you do because mm-hmm. I was given this gift of eternal life mm-hmm. so much sooner. And I was mm-hmm. raised in a home where I was taught differently. Right. Um, right. So yeah, anyways, out of the rabbit well, hole the last, no, I'm a, I love that because again, what is this wrap back around is how do we tell people God is real? And we've just, I mean, we've gone over just tons of ways so far and we could continue to go on. Oh yeah. But I'm going to have you wrap it up with, with some sound pastoral advice, because as you know, that's one of the things I really look up to is, is how you can pull this out in a way that we can all see. Well, okay. So the advice I think is, is the real practical advice is pretty easy. Let's, let's get to that. I'm going to, I'm going to prove to you. Remember I said, I was going to prove to you that, that this is just an excuse and God makes that clear. Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Who is without excuse? Every person in the world is without excuse. Why? Because they have been shown the eternal power and the divine nature of God in the miracle of creation. So we cannot say Right, they say, and I've I've been told that I've heard had somebody say this, and I literally took them to the window. Now I I said, don't don't argue, right? But this was a coworker, and we had many conversations, and so I just took him to the window, and I said, look outside, and he looked outside. I see you. I said, you see that tree? He said, yeah. I said, God has already done a miracle for you. He's already given you your miracle. You just don't choose to see it. Mm. So, so when we think about, we, we hear this, well, I can't believe in a God that I can't see. That's an excuse. There are no, anybody who is unsaved can't see God. They're blind, right? You, right. you, um, second Corinthians four, four blinded. We talked about that earlier. They're blind. Uh, Psalm one or Psalm 19, David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. Anybody can see God. If the blinders are off, they can see who he is. Let's drop one more. You asked for some practical advice. Here's where I'm going to go with practical advice as we wrap Mm -hmm. this thing up. Here's another way that we can see God sort of. Okay. So, so here's, here's how we're going to see God today. Here's my advice to you. And we've already touched on this. John 1 14 says, and the word speaking of Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came, and 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 they saw God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus right. Jesus came and dwelt among us. If you go to First John, chapter one, verse one and two, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So now John is saying we we heard it with our own ears, and we have seen it with our own eyes. We've looked on him. We've t- we've literally touched the John is saying I've I've touched Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then in verse two he says the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life, 
which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. John says we have been given Jesus so that we can see a God that we claim we can't see. Right. So that we can believe. Right. In fact, John writes in the book of John, as he at the end of John, he says, these things have I written to you so that you can believe. And he writes all about Jesus in the book of John. So here's the practical thing. Number one, go read your Bible. Read John. Why Have you ever wondered why if you talk to most people, and, and if you haven't and they haven't told you this, here's my advice. If you are unsaved or you're trying to lead somebody to Christ, just read through the book of John with them. Right. Let right. them see Jesus. And through that, then they will see God. And then second of all, you live like Jesus, you follow Jesus, and who will they see? Right. They're going to see God. That's that's it. We, we will not convince them. We've got to let God do his work. Pray a lot and live mm-hmm. right, be light, be salt. Right. And, and what I'm going to throw in there work. too with that is don't stress yourselves out either. Just no. be obedient. Do what you've been called to do. God's going to handle the outcome. Yeah, we were not called to convince them. We were called to obey God. Right. That's so good. Hey, you know what, Pastor Joshua? This was so fun. I mean, even when you just went through John and talked about stuff, my mind just started exploding of, I mean, we could spend episode after episode just going over this (laughs) so much more. So it's definitely going to be something I believe we're going to revisit in the future. But anyways, you know what? I thought that, you just threw out such amazing stuff that I had to get that out there that I want to continue on, but we can't <laughs> because we're <laughs> running out of time. Anyways, people know where they can get a hold of me. Just go over and check out rescuerbook.com. But if they want more of what you're doing, Pastor Joshua, where, where can they find you? Yeah, the best thing is just remember Thinking Out Loud with PJ. If you Google that, you can find it. You'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me on YouTube. I mentioned YouTube, Thinking Out Loud with PJ. Many of the YouTube videos are also podcasts, so you can find me podcasts. If you just Google Thinking Out Loud with PJ, you will probably find most of those things. So that's the easiest thing. But if you look me up on Facebook, you'll find everything there. Awesome. All right, brother. I will catch you next week. Thanks for this awesome conversation. Yeah, this was fun. We'll see you next week. All right, take care. Thank you.